and welcome to Rate That Album, uh, a back-and-forth album review between myself, Joe Freming, and my partner in crime, Paul Muadib. Paul, how are you doing? I am in a dark light, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so, we've been doing some pretty good albums on Rate That Album, but I feel like we haven't gotten into the muck yet. And I decided to go with an album by a band that I'm personally not a huge fan of, but I don't find them as uh, abhorrent, I think, as a lot of people do. I went with a band that uh, we played around with in the Joedown. We did a podcast on a TV movie they made. We're going with Kiss's 1981 album, Music from the Elder. An ill-conceived left turn in which a band that really had no idea what they were doing, decided to make a concept album. Uh, I'm going to come out and say right now, I, I have not been a Kiss fan. Um, I have avoided Kiss. They have, I think, they have a ridiculous catalog. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Joe. Um, but they have a ridiculous catalog of the number of songs and albums, right? Yeah, they're, they're, they're a pretty, they're a working band. Uh, I'm not going to, as I've gotten older... I've found myself enjoying music that I I, prob- I was more antagonistic towards uh, mm-hmm. in my younger days. Absolutely. Uh, Kiss, they have a few songs I do like. I That's what I was going to say. Like, out of their catalog, I, I, I think I could count on, like, one hand the number of songs I like. Maybe two. Maybe two. I'll give them two hands out of their entire catalog of music. I'll, I'll name the three songs of theirs I like. Uh, I like... Uh, they do a cover of Back in the New York Groove, which okay. I really think is really uh, a pretty good pretty good cover. It's a, I, I really enjoy it. Uh, I actually like the song Beth. It's, uh, yep, I, that's, on, that's on my list as well. Yep. yep. And because of probably more of nostalgia, because of Bill and Ted's bogus journey, I got to enjoy God Gave Rock and Roll to You Part 2. So I would say that Beth is on that list. Um, off of what I can name off the top of my head, Beth and Detroit Rock City are the only two that I really, <laughs> really, really enjoy uh, of theirs. Yeah. Yeah. So they're not outright uh, abhorrent in our view. I, I think that's safe to say. I think it's just they're just a band that just was never our, my thing or your thing. Um, I will say that I avoided them because it's much like the Sex Pistols and punk rock and like faux rocker uh, punks get mad at me when i say that the sex pistols were just a boy band <laughs> they were put together by a businessman <laughs> exactly to sell and, clothes. Th- and this is what i feel like kisses to me kisses to me is like the epitome of commercial rock so well i mean i, I mean i think if you and i put together a banjo and put out the number of songs that kiss did I think we could come out with about the same number of hits that kissed it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. If I was given a ticket, I would see the show just for the spectacle. Absolutely. Uh, I, I say the same thing about U2. That's another band I'm not a big fan of. But if I was given a ticket, I would see them live because their stage shows are, you know, it's spectacle. Uh, you know, there's a place in rock i think for bands like this you know their gimmick was they wore makeup you know it's basically comic book imagery uh backed with basically what was i would consider uh burnout rock Mm -hmm. be safe to say uh 
and they'll I'll I'll lean into that with the history, but uh, you you want to give us some thoughts on music of the elder before I get into the wild no, you and know what? I'm story save of this. all of that. I'm going to save all of that for when we get into it because I okay I will say one thing and I and I you know you and I talked a little bit beforehand. I sent you a message after listening to this album. It just said glares. Yes, <laughs> and I also said to you this this album feels like. It's dripping with behind-the-scenes problems. <laughs> and so I really want to hear the backstory on this because I, I need to know it and, like, how they got to this space. Because uh, truth be told, this is the first front-to-back full Kiss album I've ever listened to. And this is not what I expected. And if this, like, if I was introduced to Kiss on this, I would never listen to Kiss again. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. So let's get back. Let's get to the story of how music from the elder came to be. So in the late seventies, uh, Kiss decides to take a, a more commercial approach with more pop radio friendly hits, uh, including uh, a disco esque song. Uh, I was made for loving you. Uh, turns the fans off. Like, mm. sure, get some radio play, but the fans turn on them. And I don't know if you've ever met Kiss fans. They're a lot like ICP fans. They are hardcore. That's what I've heard, yes. Yeah, so especially in the 70s, that was kind of seen as a betrayal. Uh, at this time, their original drummer, Peter Christ, has left the band. And they replace him with Eric Carr, who, truth be said, a good drummer. Really, really solid, good drummer. Uh, who's kind of thrown into this mess because what their their plan is with this is they're going to go back to their hard rock roots they're going to make another they're going to make a hard rock album like destroyer which okay is like you know like generally considered their best album that's what i've heard i have not heard it but that's what i've heard like destroyer is like the the grade a kiss that people say yeah. produced by one bob ezra so they're kind of going to want to go back to their roots and they mm -hmm. start talking with Ezra. At this point, Ezrin's he's just getting off of producing one of the greatest concept albums of all time is Pink Floyd's The Wall. Uh, yes, that is one is, of the greatest of all time. And he's going from one band in a lot of trouble to another band in a lot of trouble. And as uh, Paul Stanley has said in his book, uh, this was around the time Ezrin is on a 24-7 cocaine binge. <laughs> Oh Jesus! Uh, so and he talks them instead of going to a, like a back to the roots hard rock, he talks them into a concept album. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, go on. G, they decide to go with it because you know this guy is you know he did the wall. <laughs> I mean, right. He's, he's he's like he's on fire at this point. Mm -hmm. So they agree. Uh, Gene Simmons comes up with uh, basically Joseph Campbell's A Hero's Journey sort of situation of the plot. It falls apart real fast. <laughs> Ace Freely, it, it's debatable how much he's even on the album. <laughs> he's, okay. uh, he's a raging alcoholic at this point. Uh, oh, he, boy. he leaves shortly after this album's made, even though he's on the cover of the following album. Ezrin's so high on Coke that the only time they the only way they communicate with him. Is via when they send telegraphs and tapes to his residence. Oh, they can Christ. never get him on the phone. So they're not even in the studio with him at this point. Yeah. So wait, 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 wait. So he's producing this thing, but he's not there. Like they can't communicate with him while they're. Yep. 
Yeah, oh. he's producing it from home. So they're mm-hmm. making the album piecemeal. And that's another thing that happens is Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons are in separate studios trying to get this thing done, sending Ezrin tapes, not knowing what the other guy is up to. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and th- another reason they want to do this, because they're also, they were never critically acclaimed. So they wanted to do a concept album to prove the critics just how uh, clever they are. Paul Stanley in his audio book says, trying to show people how bright and talented you are is the best way to make an idiot of yourself. And we did that with flying colors. Oh, Christ. Um, they're doing this, uh, and they're really into it, uh, again, but it's it's, do, it's done by piecemeal. Mm-hmm. They're in separate studios, like I said. Uh, so what no. happens is they get the album finished. And they think it's the greatest, you know, they're like, <laughs> they're, they're up in their own ass. Paul Stanley has friends come over to his house and he makes them sit in silence and listen to this grand album they recorded. Oh, and, you know, fuck. hangers on, will just tell you how great you are. Uh, yes, they will. So <laughs> the band decides, not to really decide, then they have to play it for the album executives. Uh, Paul Stanley <laughs> describes this as kind of a wake-up moment. It was He said it was their version of Springtime for Hitler when the album was finished because everybody's jaws were dropped and not for the good reason. <laughs> oh. It was terrible. They hated it. They hated it. There was no real singles. It doesn't really, you know, it doesn't even sound like a Kiss album with rock until like maybe halfway into the album. So what the the label decides to do is change the track order so the the more uh, accessible songs appear earlier in the album. <laughs> okay. Undoes yep. the concept album approach. Oh, God. Okay. Okay, go on. <laughs> this, yeah. This, this is making sense. Okay. Now they realize they have a lemon. It's just a bad album. It's released. Fans hate it. They don't even tour it, Paul. <laughs> They do a couple TV performances, uh, one of which is the one of the most hilarious things I sent you is the clip of them uh, doing In a World Without Heroes where the demon cries (laughs) a single tear after he sings the song. Yes. So, okay. This makes sense because honestly, when... After listening to this album, I looked for some live versions of this. And I found, like, I think two two things I could find, like, just right off the bat, off a simple search. And one of them was them doing the song The Oath. And it was, I, I, had, uh, I had my wife listen to it. And we both agreed that this, like, a fucking Battle of the Bands awfulness, like, yeah. This was like fifth place in the Battle of Bands. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, the, when the album was released, uh, Paul Stanley goes to like a Tower Records and uh, he sees like their promotional poster and he's just fucking embarrassed. Like, he's like the whole experience for everybody involved was just terrible from, you know, communicating with their producer via telegraphs because like even Ezrin's wife couldn't get him on the phone because he's too fucked up on Coke. <laughs> you know, you have the two leads of this band doing separate things in separate studios. Your guitarist is so drunk and not interested, he's barely on the album. And poor Eric Carr is just thrown into this mix. You know, he's a pretty young guy. And the funny thing is, uh, look, I got a lot of this information from Paul Stanley's audiobook, which I've become obsessed with on YouTube because each member have done audiobooks and like there's clips of them just 
saying the most ridiculous things. And I've kind of fell into a rabbit hole of that. <laughs> <laughs> so he's talking, he's like, yeah, you know, he's like, you know, Eric doesn't have a whole lot of place to say, but at this time, but he's also talking about like these bands he's listening to at the time called Motorhead and Metallica. And we're just, <laughs> they're just totally like not paying attention to like, to like what he's like kind of maybe hinting at like maybe this would be a more of a rock <laughs> instead of like crawling up their own assholes with a, so, convol- a bullshit uh hero's journey thing that just falls apart right away and i have to ask about this so what was the track listing do we know what the track was supposed to be like what order or is that is well, this anyone tr- what we listen to is the correct order so okay Long story short, once the album's reissued on CD in the 90s, the band uh, puts it in the correct order. Even that order, though, doesn't make sense. No. Uh, the, antagonist of the, story, the antagonist of the story, you know, Mr. Blackwell, doesn't show up until toward the end. <laughs> okay, so this is this, and this was my question to you, because when you mentioned, when you said, hey, this is out of order, I went, I kind of gave them like a pass. I was like, oh, that makes sense. But now you're telling me that I listened to it in the right order. Oh. Now, I got to ask because I, I am a big Lou Reed fan. I am a huge Lou Reed fan. And I don't know the story behind it. I don't know if you do. You do, But Lou Reed, like, helped lyrically in a couple of these songs? I have no idea. I did not hear anything about that. I have okay. not heard of any connection with Lou Reed and Kiss besides they're both from New York. Okay. So, my again, my understanding of this um was that just give me one second because i want to be accurate when, when i when i bring this up um um that lou reed helped with two tracks but i don't but he's not like accredited for anything but supposedly well a couple songs a couple dark of light songs. and yes dark world light. without heroes <laughs> yeah yeah world without heroes a dark light now the thing with that is, is that, again, I'm a big Lou Reed fan. I don't know the story of how he got in there or, or anything. And I didn't know he wrote with Kiss. Like, I don't know if they took songs that he already had and did something because I don't see him credited. He's never taken credit for this album. They've never credited him for this album as far as I know. So, like, I didn't know if you knew where that connection came from. I don't. Uh... But Lou Reed, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, he, you know, he's he was a uh, an enigma. You know, he did that album with Metallica. Uh, he, he just, you know, it doesn't surprise me. It's just one of those weird factoids, I guess, that he somehow hooked up with these guys. All right, okay. So let's... that's basically the the story. It's it's a it's a hot mess, man. It's they went in thinking they're going to create the greatest album and they just shit the bed. <laughs> so, so if I'm, if I'm also kind of linking this up to some things that we've talked about in the past, this is like the maximum overdrive with, with Bob Ezra. <laughs> uh, Paul Stanley likened it to the, the Stonehenge scene and spinal tap. <laughs> Genius. So I want to do this one a little bit different, Joe, if you don't mind. Um, I Normally we pick like our best, our worst, whatever, but I really want to tackle this. I make notes on every single song. I don't, I haven't done that with our other albums. I did that with this one. Are you comfortable with going like shooting and like hammering our thoughts on each individual song? Yeah. Uh, some of them blend in for me. It was, 
<laughs> just embarrassing, but it is. There, there it are is. elements of this album I think work if they just you know it feels like they zigged when they should have zagged in some parts. In a way, I musically, like musically. There's like some things that are like strong, and then they just go in a direction that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um. Well. Okay. Because I I do there there's something here that's good. But there's something here that's not. <laughs> so let's 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 start this off with the uh, with the first track, "Fanfare." Um, did you have any thoughts on "Fanfare"? I mean, it's not very long. It's like Renaissance music. I have it for monks. My monk original, my notes. <laughs> is, is, is it monk techno? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's you know they're. The thing is, like, I see what they're trying to do, and to quote uh, Happy Gilmore, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, my my thought on this is I had this written down as Dollar Store Cartoon Lords of the Rings knockoff. Yeah. Um, that it, journey, it's, you know, it's pretty basic for a they they fucked up the, even a basic concept album, Paul. Well, and, and here's the thing. Like, when you hear fanfare... When I hear fanfare, I think of a flourish, right? I think of like fanfare, like exactly what it is. Um, this is like a low key intro. Like this is not a fanfare. Like fanfare typically has like a brass section to it and things like that. This is like, and I love, don't get me wrong. I love um, Randy Rhodes. But this is like something Randy Rhodes would have fucked off with and said, I'm never using this again. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Um, next one, Just a Boy. Yeah, this is when you realize this is not going in, <laughs> this is not going in a good direction. Mm-mm. Uh, oh, man. And I just want to say, like, the parts of this album that at least I, I – the, the parts I appreciate is when they actually sound like Kiss. And it's few and far between a lot of the times in this album. There is. It's very, it's very few and far between. Um, so I just want to read off some of the lyrics because I wrote down some of these lyrics for these albums, because for these songs, because this is supposed to be a concept album, right? So the boy, I but I'm no hero, though I wish I was, for I am just a boy too young to be sailing. I am just a boy. My future is unveiling. I'm so frightened of failing who okayed these lyrics like who okayed these lyrics and with this particular song i don't know who said it was okay to go falsetto yeah that was another thing that uh in my notes is falsetto vocals like yeah, what it it doesn't work um i don't mind the musical like like the production of it the musical sounds of it I didn't mind that. Like musically, okay, this is something you could do, but then you have Kiss trying to sing on it. And yeah. It's not did, built for Kiss. Did you pick up that a lot of like the guitar licks and solos sound suspiciously a lot like Gilmore's tone in the oh, wall? Oh, all right. Uh, you're jumping ahead of me. You're jumping ahead of me. But yes, I have that written down uh, very soon that we're going to get to that. Um, <laughs> So, yes, and then the next song was Only You, which my notes for that one were, again, vocally, it's just off. It's not bad musically. It's not, I want to make very clear that, unless stated otherwise, none of the music 
is bad, but it's not Kiss. Like, if I, again, was introduced to this, like, hey, you got to listen to this cool rock band named Kiss, and you gave me this, I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing to me? Yeah. Um, it's it's but weird once again, because it, musically, it's pretty solid. Musically, <laughs> it's, this is, yes, musically, it's absolutely solid. For a band that's not really known to be musically solid, <laughs> which is right. another level of bizarre. Right. Another, yeah, it's musically, it's absolutely a very, 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 like, well, some of it is. We'll, we'll continue there. But, again, with what I wrote this is, again, vocally, it's just off. There's falsettos. There's weird fucking, like, the heart, the, 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 when they all sing as a group, it just doesn't work. Um, <laughs> like, everyone, like, I, when you explain to me that they were not in the same area doing these things, it makes total sense. Yeah, it's, it's, oh. it's a hodgepodge. Yeah. Uh, and before only you, I think it's Odyssey. Ah, uh, oh! <laughs> and like the lyrics to that, some like tenacious D would do to make fun of an album like this <laughs> in a far off galaxy. I hear you calling me. Well, I wrote and, after and, that. What the hell is this? And they're supposed it's supposed to be a concept album, right? And yet they're singing about a child in a sundress. About now they've been singing about the boy, but my reaction to this was the boy's in a sundress. <laughs> what is going on here? Yeah, the hero's journey is really not a complicated. <laughs> They're complicating something that's fairly simple. Like even George Lucas, you know, did the hero's journey without fucking it up too too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, this was I, my notes on this one were musically I enjoy it. Vocally, it feels completely mismatched, and it doesn't gel at any point there's this weird <laughs> like it just goes all over the place and it, it 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 yeah it's just terrible okay let's get to and i think next one was under the rose yep okay this is where my notes were better vocally still some sour spots so far the harmony and the chorus vocals just aren't working for me so far, this is a mess, but, quote, best song so far, I've heard. It sounds like Ezra wanted Gilmore to play and sing on this. <laughs> yeah, uh, I feel like he went into his bag of tricks. Uh, mm -hmm. Those lead guitars are obviously not Ace Freely. Ace Freely's not really a, a great guitarist. Uh, you know, again, this was a band known for their spectacle more than their musical prowess and so yeah so i think Ezra is like i can make this sound like gilmore you know what and he did it just feels misplaced yes um absolutely it does feel very misplaced and again there's a, there's a lot of gilmore sounds and licks on this okay dark light <laughs> what's your take <laughs> on dark light uh again musically i think it's promising Mm -hmm. uh, but it, it just in fact I'm just going to say my the, the song I like the best on this album is Escape from the Island and it's like that's an instrumental <laughs> yeah um, okay so I'll, I'll, I'll cut down then what I thought um, so I don't have to keep going putting you in a position where um, you know that's obviously you know, I, but I have to knock this down track by track um, what, at Dark Light at this point I literally was going what is this album trying to be this doesn't fit, fit at all, and it feels more like what I expect from a, like a 19 early, early 70s Kiss album. 
Like, this is starting, like, I'm like, okay, I can kind of hear some kiss in there, but not really. Yeah, then feel like a kiss album. Not at all. Now we get to A World Without Heroes, which is the one where we have the infamous crying at the end of the video. And I, this is a song I think they still kick out every now and then live. Okay. Mm-hmm. I hope they change the lyrics, because what I said was another tonal shift so far in the album. So far, best song vocally. Comes off as a love ballad, but someone gave the band the wrong lyric sheet to them to sing for it. Because um, <laughs> this is a love ballad, but the lyrics for it are something like, um, uh, where, 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 where do I have the lyrics here? A world without heroes is like a world without sun. You can't look up to anyone without heroes. A world without heroes is like a never-ending race. It's like a time. Without a place, a pointless thing, devoid of grace. Jesus Christ on a crutch. <laughs> and, uh, and another thing I really, I didn't like the vocals on it. Like, uh, this was one of those times where <clears throat> Gene Simmons does not have a great voice. No. <laughs> um, uh, and this felt like, you know, when they would do, when their most famous ballads done by Peter Chris, and he has, you know, for whatever, at least he has like a voice, a vocal uh, mm-hmm. element that works and i think if he was in the band maybe this song would have been better with him on the vocals than gene simmons but well and yeah and this is my point is that i said so far best song vocally and this song doesn't work <laughs> <laughs> i want to make that very very clear to you in the audience <laughs> then we get to the oath which i said so far this feels like something like a like a blue oyster cult ripoff yeah, that's but, what I felt too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This honestly felt like a B track off of heavy metal that we talked about before, like the heavy metal soundtrack um, from the cartoon. <laughs> like this felt like a BOC B track to that, like the oath. And I think they actually, they have a song, Bo a boy or so called, has a song called the oath as well, which I would take over this in a heartbeat. <laughs> um, but I did write it positively. It was, I guess, the most engaging song so far. <laughs> Oh, then we get to Mr. Blackwell. And I said, did I get a song from a different album? Yeah. The vocals on this album are really trying, are really trying. I'm struggling to get through the vocals for this album. Well, even like the, the, the rhythm of this was weird. It's, you know, it's yeah. almost like a Boris the Spider vibe from the who, <laughs> but it doesn't work. And again, like if you're following the continuity of the story, this is the antagonist. This is like yes. the Darth Vader to the Luke Skywalker, and he pops in third to the last song. <laughs> yes, um, I have, I have, I have lyrics here that are just trite as fuck. You're not well, Mister Blackwell. We can tell you're not well, Mister Blackwell. You can go to hell. I'm a sinner who just loves to sin. I'm a fighter who just loves to win. I'm the truth about this crummy hole. There's nothing here that can be bought or sold. You're cold and mean and in between. You're rotten to the core. You're not well, Mr. Blackwell, and we can tell. Ah, ah, who, <laughs> who agreed that these were good out like lyrics like this drives me fucking nuts. And yeah, this is supposed to be this. Now, first of all, concept album. Oh, we'll get, oh, we'll, we'll get that when we're done. Uh, okay. Escape for the Island. I wrote escape from this album. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and just, again, this was my favorite track. Mm-hmm. Musically, it's solid. 
It's it's a it's you know whatever, and it's it sounds musically most like Kiss to me. This yes. is I do the last track, mm-hmm. and without the obnoxious vocals of the members of Kiss, it I like it. <laughs> yeah, yes, and for I do, I wrote down the the last part of it, which was when they got they, after the end, they cut back to like they try to do like the Ezra start at the beginning of the album, go to the front, you know, the yeah. wall thing, and. Morpheus, you've been summoned here to offer your judgment of the boy. Do you still deem him worthy for the, of the fellowship? I certainly do, my lord. As a matter of fact, I th- I think you're going to like this one. He's got the light in his eyes, a look of a champion, a real champion. At the end of the album. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? This is... Ooh, okay, so, sonically, production-wise... Taking vo- like if I were to strip the vocals out, this is something you could work with. Like yeah. this is totally. I want to make that very very clear. Musically, instrumentally, it's a solid actual album. I yeah. don't hate it. Um, but the minute you bring Kiss in to sing on it, it takes a shit rocket storm to the far left, and it's. And I just go, I can't do this. Um, this is uh, this is a very loose interpretation of a concept album. This does feel like something that Jack Black and Kyle Gass of Tenacious D would have done as a joke. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, this was 54 minutes of my life that I, you know, I, I, I can't get back now. I could take solace in the fact that, again, I enjoyed the instrumental of it. I did. Um, But I still feel like, after listening to this album, I still haven't heard a full Kiss album. (laughs) And that's that's true, because basically it's only two, uh, two, at this time, two full-time members of Kiss. It's Gene Mm -hmm. and Paul. Mm -hmm. Not even working in the same studio together. Uh, their guitarist is pretty much MIA, and their drummer is brand new and thrown into this chaos. Their producers, again, so coked out they can't get in touch with them most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just set it up for disaster. Uh, and it, the story of it is more interesting than the album itself. Yeah. I mean, the, the lyrically... Uh... Lyrically, this I I I mean I I feel like armchair whatever because I'm sitting here ripping apart a band that's made millions upon millions of merchandise whatever right <laughs> so um but lyrically I mean this is so bad yeah this this is one of those things like uh, they went so far out of their element uh huh you know. Who who has contributed? Do we know who has contributed for writing these the, these lyrics? Oh, I'm sure they're just Paul and Gene. Oh my God! Someone should have taken that away from them. Yeah. Well, you know, again, they they wanted to do an album to prove to the critics that they were more than just a gimmick band, and <laughs> they, they, I think they've all kind of said like. You know, we're a gimmick band, and that works for us, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, like I said, there's room in rock and roll and music for that. Uh, And I think Kiss, when they do that, when they they just, hey, we're just a party band, you know, like, fucking this is burnout 
stoner shop kid music. It works and it's it it's fine. Uh, but when they do stuff like this, it's just it's so offensive to the ears. Yes, it 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 it, it really is, and it's. Oh God, I don't even know. Well, here's the thing: they're like a huge band, you know, by the late seventies, early eighties. Yes, uh, this charted its peak position on the U.S. Billboard Pop Albums was seventy five. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Rightfully so. One of the top bands in the United States. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't Jethro Tull? Didn't they do a concept album because they hated concept albums, and it was actually a very successful concept album? Yeah, thick as a brick. I think. Yeah, thick as a brick. Thank you. They were trying, and they did well. <laughs> yeah, this really. I do. I mean, part of me, I, as much as I'm shitting all over it, right? <clears throat> this is a trap that I see a lot of bands musically um, and a lot of people musically. Um, And this is something that happens, I think, when you start to get a lot of money and you get surrounded by yes people, right? And you start to think you can do no wrong. And you're looking at all these other bands that are doing these really, really um, intricate concept albums that are getting, I mean, The Wall was incredibly successful. Um, the Who's Quadra, um, uh, Quadra, Quadra yeah. yes, was very successful. The Tommy, Tommy, um, which I argue is right up there as one of my favorite concept albums um, of all time. I mean, I would question if it isn't actually better than The Wall in terms of being able to follow it lyrically. Um, <clears throat> there, so now, who was it that said they want to do a rock album, and the other two said no? Well, they. The whole thing was they wanted to do a rock album. They got talked into this by Ezrin. Ah, okay. They wanted to go back to their roots and make a thing like much in the vein of Destroyer, which was, you know, it's it's just a solid rock album. You know, not a whole lot of bells and whistles, but it's catchy. You know, that's the thing. Like, they can make catchy earworm music, uh, you know, for whatever it is. You know, again, it's not my thing, but I'm not going to be a snob because I do like some of their music. Uh, It's... Yeah, the hubris of a coked-out producer. Yep. Uh, the hubris of two guys in one of the biggest bands in the world, and neither of them have... Gene Simmons has been sober his whole life. Paul Stanley only dabbled a little bit. So you can't even blame the drugs for, for their thing. It's just pure hubris and ego. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, I, you know, this. this is much like to me... This is okay. Very much like Dune, David Lynch Dune. You have the a, a really successful director and writer, and you have the wrong writing team, the wrong project for them. Yeah. And they I I gotta say, I mean, it's it's there, it's done, but I mean, what were they on that that they that Ezra got them to agree to this? I think just playing to their egos, uh, think, you know, uh, you know, you have, you know, again, Ace Freely, so drunk, like, you know, raging alcoholic. He's not participating a lot in these decision makings. I think it's just when you play into the egos of like uh, so many people like Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons, especially at this time, uh, I think, you know, 
hey, I did the wall, man, and I did Destroyer. We can do like a combo or something. <laughs> Just talked him right into it. Um, yeah, I, I got to think. I got to think that's what that was because this is, oh, boy, howdy. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, when this band sticks in their lane, they succeed a lot better. Me when me and Brown uh, did the review of uh, Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park, <laughs> it was oh, like God. they wanted to branch out into movies, and uh, you know they're all like jazzed up, I believe, on Star Wars. And when you watch that movie, you're like, "Holy shit!" And it was that movie was so bad, uh, people who worked for him were never allowed to even bring it up in their presence. Are you serious? Serious. Uh, this album. Uh, I'm sure they don't like talking about. They pretty much all admitted it was a, it was a bad, uh, it was a bad turn, a bad decision. But you know, you can't unring the bell. It happened. Mm. And then in the '80s, they kind of went back to the more of the, the power pop rock stuff, uh, which was just you know, I don't like. I didn't their '80s stuff. I just whatever. There's nothing really in there I enjoy. Uh, the '70s stuff, I think, has a little more, a little more fun for me, at least, if I have to listen to it. Uh, this was just this is this is the weird because it's so pretentious music from the elder, implying it's like from a movie or something, <laughs> which it's not. Which it's not, and it's again when you look. I mean, and when you look at the, I mean. Let's be fair here. When we think about rock, like what Kiss is in that genre of rock, right? They're not really known for their lyrical, no, you know, um, well of, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Help me out here. Um, they're not. Uh, they're not deep, right? Yes. There's yes. Not a lot yeah. of you know. And again, there's plenty of room in music. I like a lot of. This yeah. is for the band that did Love Gun. Yeah. <laughs> Cold Gin. Uh, yeah. Rock and roll all night, party every day, you know? Yes. Yes. There wasn't a lot of, yes, there wasn't a lot of depth. There wasn't a lot of uh, meaning to it other than, uh, I mean, we know Love Gun's about one of the members' cock, right? So. This to me is <laughs> almost like if the Ramones did a concept album. It's just, yeah. doesn't belong in their wheelhouse, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It doesn't make a lot of sense. And again, when I mean, when I look at the lyrics of it, and I, I was writing it, reading off some of it. It's so trite. Uh, it's, yeah, it's it's shallow, man. There's it's very shallow. Thank you. And um, so I feel bad. Like I actually feel bad for any of the fans that like would have thought like we're getting a new Kiss album. I'm sure because again, this wasn't the time of the internet and things like that. You got a lot of information from interviews and magazines and you know word of mouth and they heard hey we're gonna go back to destroyer and <laughs> they got this handed at them yeah. um in the wrong order even yeah. uh the fans didn't like it <laughs> uh i think some of them have softened to like some of the at least some of the songs on here even the fans don't really care for this <laughs> <laughs> like the, the real question is who is this album for and was for the egos of paul stanley and gene simmons yes uh, they wanted to impress critics and uh, <laughs> just backfired so miraculously and 
jaw dropping. It's <laughs> even with the help of Lou Reed, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I love Lou. Um, <laughs> I love Lou. I absolutely love Lou. And uh, this is not. Yeah, even lyrically, I mean, okay. All right, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Anything else? Anything else? No, uh, I mean, again, this is like a weird curio in music history. Uh, it's one of the reasons I wanted to pick it. One, I had never listened to it. And two, like, the story behind it is so fascinating. <laughs> it's just like, it's one of those situations like everything that could go wrong did. <laughs> and it did in flying colors, man. Like, it's just, it was, you know, ill-conceived from inception to, to the very end. It was just not a good, I, it's not good. But, you know, like I said, there are elements, you know, the mus- the musicianship on it and the music is not bad. No, there's ideas in there that I think, like, if they expanded on and did something different, and it wasn't a concept album, might have been a lot better. So I, I will totally say I, I am the first one to admit I am a sucker for, um, like Renaissance style guitar. Like I myself, when I play guitar, I don't play with a pick. I, even my electric, I don't play with a pick. I have calluses on my, you know, under my nails. Because I will strum that way, and so I can get into a picking style um, when I want to. Um, I am a sucker, sucker, sucker for anything Renaissance style. And so when Fanfare first started, I was like, uh, uh, "This feels like the 1970s Lord of the Ring knockoff." Um, like this is <laughs> like like someone wrote something for that, and they're like, "It's not good enough. We want something more." I was already kind of worried on this one. Um, but yeah, I cannot argue that the musicianship of it is great. It's just, I, Ezra had to be coked out. Anyone had to be coked out or fucking blackout drunk or, I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, you're not, any stoner would have listened to this and been like, man, that is not working like these guys. No. <laughs> like, wow. You know, but Cokehead's like, yeah, man, I totally think, yeah, yeah listen to that. Listen to that note. Oh, God. And yeah, it doesn't have. I could have gotten into this one. <laughs> And one of the things that's missing to me that I think a lot of good concept albums have is space. Yeah. Is the part where the music builds and swells and it's a great place for solos and music to really build upon, build upon, build upon. There was little notes here and there, much like we talked about last week um, with the album we absolutely loved, um, which was um, the, the the American Head one. Um, where there was elements throughout, um, but I didn't feel this didn't feel cohesively weaved together, m- even musician-wise, like like musically. You know what? It's also missing mm. an anthem mm-hmm. band. Yeah, famous it's, for these anthemic rock, and songs. it's missing a fucking glorious solo. Yeah, it's missing I mean, a glorious solo, a glorious anthem, like mm-hmm. throw your fist in the air type of song. Yeah, this is I what mean, this band is about. <laughs> mm-hmm. What reason why I like, I, I believe it's Detroit Rock City, is because they have that the dual guitar towards the end of it, the dual guitar solo. Yeah. This was begging for some dual guitar solos, some really epic dual guitar solos, 
that bled into an anthem. You're a thousand percent correct on that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it needed to rock a bit, you know, like it just felt weird. Like, I mean, again, Detroit Rock City, it's a simple song. Mm-hmm. And for a 1981 concept album, this felt like a 1973. Yeah, that this, was a weird, weird thing too. Yeah, it did not feel like if you like, I did not realize this came out the year I was, uh, I was born. I think you were born the same year. Yep. Um, this did not feel like the year it came out. Like when I think 1981, and I think 1981 rock and concept albums, I have a completely different view of that. This feels like something out of the early mid 70s. Well, I'm trying to so early '80s concept album. I often just think about as Final Cut. Yep, yep. Very sparse, and it kind of because like concept albums also kind of fit the times they're in. Yes, this and, does not fit. I don't know what time this is trying to fit in. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, this like well, immediately I thought of like I said right away. I thought of the old cartoon Lord of the Rings um, that was from like 1976, 78, somewhere around there. Like, this felt five years behind the times to me, five, six years behind the times. And <clears throat> it just never got there. And uh, I, I I mean, I don't know if there was uh, – I, I, I'm trying to give credit here because, I mean, again, this is a band that's made millions, has done some really great stuff. Um, and we realize they're out of their element and things like that. But you would have thought that there would have been some spark in there that could have made this work. Um, but it just – A lot of that – I just want part of me thinks that if they had a coherent producer mm-hmm. guiding the ship, because it's mm-hmm. you know it's free for all. Like based on like what I said on the history of it, yes, nobody know nobody knows what the other is doing. They can't talk. They're not con. You know, it's hard for them to get in contact with their producer. Mm-hmm. I think if you had the right hand, like or even a sober Bob Ezrin, <laughs> could have done. Yeah, it might have been a different story for this album. I, I, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, this could have worked. I mean, if someone had just, uh, I mean, vocal correction existed at that time. Yeah. Um, and there is not enough vocal correction on this. I want to make that very clear. And by the way, um, if you haven't looked at the, I'll send it to you, um, the, the live version of Oath, it's bad. Like, like, like vocally, they can't sing this stuff. No, they are, they're not great. Uh, they're not going to be, they're never been great. They're most, uh, you know their album Alive. Mm-hmm. Most of it was created in the studio. It's barely a live album. Okay. Yeah. And, and again, I've never heard good. of it. I they knew of it. Well. Yeah, they didn't sound well live. Uh, they're more of the spectacle. So. All right. Yeah. So these guys, you know, they're not really they're not musician musicians. You know, they're they're a live show. Uh, you know, and you know. They could, you know, it's kind of a cool concept with the makeup and all that, just because, you know, it's, you know, cartoonish, comic booky, you know, whatever. Like things like are out, up my alley, for, you know, because I'm not a, a, a snob with that kind of music. One mm-hmm. of my favorite punk bands is the Misfits, who absolutely did a lot of like what Kiss did, but they did it more but darker. Mm hmm. Oh, dude, I love, I love, like, I, I, I'm not a snob when it comes to, to that kind of thing like i'm a huge punk fan i mean i i mean the vandals the misfits um you know even the the, the super group me first and the gimme gimme's right um you know even going down to no effects uh you know there, there there's punk bands out there that maybe i'm into that people have never even fucking heard of 
um, I can really dig me some awesome. Uh, I have a, I used to have a playlist because I got rid of Spotify, but I used to have a punk playlist. Yeah. So sometimes, but, like when there's a gimmicky band, I, you know, I'm not against it. And like, like I said earlier, Kiss do have songs that mm-hmm. I enjoy. They have songs that you enjoy. Yep. Uh, I will urge you to listen to, um, just re-listen to Ace Frehley's Back in the New York Groove. I fucking love that song. Okay. I've used it on Joe Downs before, especially when we're getting back into crappy 80s action movies after we're going to, like, <laughs> highbrow movies. I always throw brown back, back in the New York Groove. <laughs> I, I will definitely, I will definitely check that out. I am, um, yeah, I am. I, I will probably because of this seek out a little bit more Kiss, just to try to give them a little bit more fair of a shake because this is, I mean, my kids were listening to it. I listened to this album a couple times today, actually. Um, I listened to it beforehand, and I always try to get into things right, you know, before we record throughout the day. And um, I had my wife listened to it, and oh my god, everyone was like, "Dude, really? You you have to? Are you listening to this right now? Like, didn't you listen to this already? <laughs> Can you please turn this off." Yeah, but it, it, this is one of those albums I I wanted to do just because it's interesting, and I like deep diving into like yes these bands and like you know I'm a I'm a sucker for like just I'll watch a documentary on bands I hate just because I'm fascinated by it. Uh, you know, I hate the the band The Eagles, but I watch their documentary just because I'm fascinated by these stories. Because it, it, a lot of times they're so over the top and ridiculous, like this. Like this was a concept album recorded piecemeal. <laughs> yeah, you can't do that. No, with no coherent real vision to it. That's no. why, like you know, when you do a concept album, it's good to have one guy who has the vision of what the concept is. Yeah, uh, Floyd had Roger Waters. He was very, you know, laser focused on on the concepts. Yep. Here you had two different people working on two different fucking things. Yeah, that's that's harsh. And again, to have a producer that's not there, yeah. <laughs> that's not that's not correcting things in real time. Um, that had to be incredibly frustrating. You know, and sometimes you know, like recording in piecemeal, it has worked in the past. Uh, the most uh, the most obvious, I think, I would say, would be uh, Guns N' Roses' Use Your Illusions 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, recorded piecemeal, like, tapes being sent back and forth between the band members and uh, Axel. But that's an exception to the rule. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, yes. It's a miracle that worked. <laughs> this uh, is probably how it usually would happen if you do that. <laughs> ap- yeah, uh, I mean... Yeah, I, th- I think that is the classic example. I mean, honestly, um, I, I don't think a lot of people know that Let It Be was was done that way as well. Yep. But that's because they had so much leftover material to work with as well that they were already familiar with some of the works that were done in there. And I think that was also some of the work with User Illusion. I think they had a lot of pre-recorded stuff and things that they had been mishing and mashing about. So they weren't completely foreign to the idea. But here you got the rock band Kiss coming out of nowhere with a renaissance style concept album <laughs> they got nothing that's such just alone man that's <laughs> that should be enough to like you know have the universe like fold in on itself well maybe that's maybe it wasn't the higgs bows and maybe it was this album that put us down the darkest timeline plug time buddy what do you got going well, on we haven't this? done recommendations oh god fuck you <laughs> uh i would say no 
uh, again, and here's the thing: like we, there are elements that kind of work here. Yes, but overall, it's just it's a dud. It was this whole thing of Kiss doing a concept album, like it, it was dead on arrival. <laughs> they should have probably stuck to making just a rock album like Destroyer again. But I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna actually gonna say I do recommend this, but for a very specific person, <laughs> okay? And that person is someone who wants to talk to Kiss, get the royalties for this particular album, cut out the audio, and remix it and redo it as their own. Like that is the only time you should pick up this album because musically it's there. There's things that you could do with it. And I think there would be some really cool stuff that someone could you know, wipe the audio tracks out of and leave the music into it and maybe build upon and do certain things with. But other than that, for the love of God, stay the fuck away from this album. Now let's do some plugs. Yes. What do you got going on with the Joe down? Uh, uh, because it's busy. Uh, next week we'll be really, uh, Releasing the review of uh, Ghost, starring uh, Patrick yep. Swayze and Debbie Moore. Uh, following that up, because I like to torture Joe Brown, mm-hmm. we're going to be reviewing his all-time favorite movie, uh, Goodfellas, because I want to. I want him to <laughs> feel pain. Uh, again, Goodfellas is a fantastic movie. So it's a fantastic it's mostly, movie. It's mostly going to be. A lot of are joking around with a lot of things. Yep. No, Goodfellas is a great movie. Um, on my end, um, I finally got, uh, you know, again, all these, I don't know why I plug anything right now because everything that you hear is like already going to be done and up. Um, but I have. Prosterity, Paul. We're yeah, prosterity. Okay. So I'm in the process. I finally got all the, um, all the cast that movie first season hold and um all that stuff squared away and that will be getting migrated over to the where this is all gonna be hosted it's gonna be changed to the name of the pod downs i didn't think the joe pods were gonna work so well because it's not you and joe um doing doing those particular podcasts so i thought the pod downs would be a little bit easier um and will make a little bit more sense for it so everything's gonna be housed at the pod down so i'm gonna have um the naming conventions, everything that's all set up, ready to go. I just got to pull the trigger on that one. Um, <clears throat> then I will be recording the finally, finally, finally recording the the first season, uh, the first episode of the second season, excuse me, of Cast That Movie with two new co-hosts. Uh, and I don't know, I, I don't know what names they're going to go by, so I'm not going to say anything um, on that. Uh, but that we will be doing Waterworld. Which I'm like, that was uh, the fact that they sat through and watched Waterworld for me and came to me with ideas of things from that movie. Like said, okay, I'm on the right track with the right people here. Um, And then we're going to introduce a new element to the, to that. Like, it's going to be different. It's going to be different than what you're used to, but it's going to be a lot of the same stuff and just kind of a different spin um, because of the fact that, you know, Scott's influence in it, and I, that was very sacred to what him and I, I think, had. So I wanted to go with a very different format, and I also have two different people's input on what they want to do. So we're going to get rid of the of the dream projects, per se. But I'm going to leave it there, because there's still going to be an element there of it. Yeah, I'd love to hear you guys' dream project for Kiss's 
making of <laughs> music from the elder. God, someone should make that fucking movie. Because I just want to see a coked up Bob Ezra on stage, uh, on screen. Um, and then, yeah, um, the Stranger Things thing uh, is going on. Um, so, yeah, a lot of stuff uh, within the next uh, couple of days. The website should just be flooded um, <laughs> with, with new material. So that's great. Um, and uh, other than that, um, uh, that's all I have as far as stuff connected to this. All right. So, Paul, what's your pick for Rate That Album? Uh, for next for next, week. next week, we're going to do Lou Reed's Metal Machine Music. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Are you familiar with this? I have heard it, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, Perfect. I might as well follow this one up with Ark by Neil Young. <laughs> Just feedback. Uh, yeah. An hour nope. and a half of feedback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to do... We're going to do metal machine music. I am game. Yeah, and... perfect. Because I I like to go with I, I like to go with things no one's ever heard of and I think you like to go down that road too. And as much as I love Lou Reed, this is something that needs to be talked about. Yeah, it's <laughs> you know, it was something. Uh, <laughs> he did something. All right. Well, I'm All not right. telling you what my next pick is. So. That's fair. That's fair. I'm being kind and giving you some some advice ahead of time. I don't want yours because I love being surprised. <laughs> yeah, you actually you picked an album that's like would I would rather listen to music from the elder compared to <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're digging into it. We're digging yeah, into it's, metal. Yeah. metal. I don't know machine. the story, so I'm kind of interested on your deep dive with that. Oh, there is a story. There is a story. Oh, when this. it comes to Lou Reed, there's always a story. There's always a story. And there is some there is some deep story here. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I love Lou Reed. Uh, I've heard this album. I don't know much at, about the story. So I'm I'm really interested for that ne- next week's episode. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to love it because I have a lot of information about this one. Yep. Okay. Well, then, Paul, until next time, imagine a world without heroes. 